0: You're listening to a Wheels on the Ground production. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. I want to tell you all about a really awesome deal that I got from my friends and new sponsors, Adam and Eve, the number one adult toy superstore. They reached out to me and they said, Andrew, we love Disability After Dark, we love your show, we love what you're doing, and we were wondering if you wanted to run some ads for us. And I was like, fuck yes I do, but what are my awesome listeners going to get if I run ads for you? What are they going to get out of this? And they came back with a really fantastic deal that I want to share with you right now. I hope you're getting comfy, cozy, and crippled because this deal is pretty great. If you go to AdamEve.com, you can pick out almost any item in the store, almost any one item in the store, for 50% off. That means you can get one dildo, one lube, and one thing of lingerie, if you want, for 50% off. And then, once you get that one item for half price, they throw in even more free stuff. Let me tell you all about it. Okay, so you got your one item at half price in your bag, and you're ready to go, but guess what? This offer also includes ten free items on top of that, that other item. So you get one free item for penis havers, one free item for vulva havers, one free item for couples, and then you also get six free movies from the AdamEve.com website, You can get your favorite porn or an educational film. I love free movies. They're so awesome. This is such a great deal. And then, on top of that, you also get free shipping. What could be better? This is such a great offer. So, to redeem this great offer, what you're going to do is you're going to go to AdamEve.com. You're going to go to checkout, and you're going to type in DarkPod. That's dark content and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. You're listening to Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories with your host, disability awareness consultant, Drew Gerza hello hello friends welcome to the show friends thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of disability after dark the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories i'm of course your delectable host daddy drew Gerza. let's get comfy cozy and crippled and get this show started everybody it looks like we have no official shoutouts today But if you want to support the show, you can always leave us a review. You can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark and leave as little as $1 a month or up to $5 a month. Or you can even do a yearly amount, whatever works for you, to support the show. So because I do the show completely independently and I run... This production company, Wheels on the Ground, by myself, from my bedroom, literally where I'm recording. Tell your friends about the show. Review the show, or if you're able to, leave a pledge. But I really, really appreciate your support. I appreciate you listening, and I support. I really value that you've all stuck around for the last four and a half years and watched this show evolve from just a sex and disability show to a show about um, disability stories two shows about the pandemic, two different series I want to do. Thank you for letting me flex my crippled creative muscle and do something really cool with this platform. I appreciate it. But now, let's get on to today's Disability After Dark. So, on the episode today, I was so nervous to record today because I sat down with one of my favorite gay porn performers. One of my favorite sex workers that I have ever really seen or talked to ever. I have wanted to chat with him for a long time and I finally got the chance to sit down with him to do an hour interview. And I gotta say, we had our pre-interview the other day and when he turned on his camera, I was swooning in a way that I have not swooned before. He was hot, hunky, British, all, the, all my favorite things, and we chatted about him coming on the show to do, to do this and to do what would happen if he became a wheelchair user tomorrow, um, and so that's what we did, and let me tell you all about Gabriel Cross, my guest today. Gabriel Cross is an adult performer out of the UK, he is really, really handsome, has a really cute British accent. Is super nice. Has a ton of Twitter followers, a ton of Instagram followers. Posts like sexy gym selfies and sexy porn things. And he actually runs his own content out of his OnlyFans and Just for Fans. And I wanted to sit down with him and do my age-old question of what would happen if you became disabled tomorrow. And when I when I approached him with the question, he was super eager and he's like, Yeah, I wanna educate myself and I want to chat about this with you. And so we talked a little bit more and I sent him my porn and I got him to watch my porn and tell me what he thought. You could hear him tell me what he thinks about the porn that I was in. And it was really nice hearing from another performer that he thought it was hot. That was, it was, that was really cool. We also talk about um, how his life as a performer would change and some of the ways that he could change his um performance style and some of the ways he could change his marketability and what he thinks about the hypothetical of him becoming a wheelchair user tomorrow. because again, I want that everyone that comes on these kind of shows to think about ableism within the queer community. And Gabriel Cross has you know a lot of a lot of followers and he gets a lot of people, you know, hot and horny, so I think it's important that we talk about this stuff. And he was really warm and really forthcoming and wanted to share his experiences. We also talk about his experiences as a sex worker with disabled clients, and he shares that he has experience with disabled clients as a sex worker. And I lament the fact that when I was in London, I definitely 100% should have hired Gabriel to work with, we joke around about how he and I could do a scene together, um, and I really just enjoyed chatting with him about disability and bringing. We talk about, you know, why there's so much ableism in the queer community. Um, we talk about about kind of how he feels working with disabled clients and that kind of stuff. We talk a lot about uh, my porn that I did. And his thoughts on that, which, again, were super hot. We flirt for a little bit. I mean, he, he's a really cool guy, and I love being able to sit down with non-disabled people, especially in the queer community, and bring up issues of disability and have them be so open to listening and learning. And Gabriel is one of those people that as soon as we started talking, I felt really comfortable educating him on disability, and he was so open to the experience that we just had a really fun chat about it. So... Without further ado, and no more rambling for me, here is my interview with hot adult porn performer, Gabriel Cross, right here on a really sexy episode of Disability After Dark. Gabriel Cross, hello! Hey, how you doing? Good, I'm so, so excited to have you on Disability After Dark. I've been following your, your sex worker career for a while now, um... And I'm a little bit starstruck right now. Not gonna lie, I'm gonna, <laughs> that's I'm gonna, so ex- sweet. I'm kind of excited to be talking to you because I've been following you really for a couple of years. And and what you don't what you wouldn't know is that I have a crush on
1: all British men all the time. So it's, <laughs> is it the accent? Is that what it is?
0: I mean, it's a little bit of the it's a little bit of the Hugh Grant bumbly British thing. I'm all I'm all, <laughs> I'm all about it. It's it's a it's a thing. And I was there. I was in London back in 2019, and I
1: just fell in love with it. It's one of my favorite places now in the world and so it it, i mean it's not a great place to be right now but it is an incredible city it's it normally is very vibrant full of energy and just um so diverse and cosmopolitan it's it's my favorite place in the world and you're in you're in london proper too yeah so i grew up in north london um and i'm currently living in Shoreditch, which is like right by the city um Spitalfields Market, that kind of area. Yeah, I was. I stayed in um, Canary Wharf in okay. 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, too-
0: like, it was totally. I just loved it. It
1: was, you know, for me, for accessibility, London's not the best. No, but being an old, <laughs> such an old city, there's definitely um, not been much accessibility planning in in certain locations. At least. No, I mean, it was
0: kind of shit, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay I loved it I still want to move there if ever if ever it's safe to do so um but if for anyone who's listening who's like who is this who is Gabriel Cross and why is he here can you introduce yourself a little bit to the audience tell us a bit about
1: who you are what you do uh yeah absolutely so um my name is Gabriel Cross um I'm a sex worker I've worked in the adult industry in some some level for probably about a decade now Um, I used to do a lot of um, studio work, work, um, kind of working for companies like Randy Blue, um, Nextdoor Studios, Falcon, uh, Men.com, those kind of a lot of the big US studios. And now I've kind of uh, moved away from that. And um, I'm basically one of those OnlyFans boys. Um, And I now just focus on creating my own content. Yeah,
0: I'm a, I'm a content creator too, not in the same way. So I know how it's like, I'm, I want to make stuff myself. I don't want to rely on a, a studio or a production team. I want to just do it on my own. Cause. Well,
1: yes. And particularly working for studios from a model perspective, you, you have minimal creative input. Um, yeah. You, what you're doing. I got very, very it's a silly little thing, but I got very heavily typecast um, as a bottom uh, because I'm I'm quite short, so the majority of guys are a lot bigger than me. Um, so the studios just play to stereotypes all the time. Yeah. So I 99, unless I bugged one of the directors, they'd always cast me as a bottom, um, when in fact I'm very versatile. Um, so I
0: have I have seen your videos. I know the versatility <laughs> that you can.
1: They, I did my research for this interview. Don't worry. <laughs> Uh, hours and hours of research
0: yes tons and actually I well I signed up for one of your fan sites because I was like well oh, that's
1: I'm, so de- <laughs> I'm doing all this
0: research and I have a crush on him anyway I might as well support the guy uh, <laughs> so yes now I can watch you all the time um,
1: Wonderful.
0: but no I've been I've been creeping you for a while and I wanted to bring you on the show today because as I mentioned to you in our pre-interview I do a series on the show called what would happen if you became disabled tomorrow and I thought that it would be really interesting to bring you on, where I and I, in this series I ask, gay men specifically, usually about their experiences, you know, not being disabled and how would their worlds would change, if they were to become disabled. So, can we jump in, Can we jump into that?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, we we touched on this uh, before how um, society generally um, likes to not think of people with disabilities as being sexual in any way, which is completely absurd and rather patronising, if anything. Yeah, um, it's not true? Yeah, exactly, and whether it makes people uncomfortable, what the situation is, but it. I think people with disability get put in this pigeonhole of being non-sexual because that's how society is comfortable, um, yeah. which is absurd, and... Um, I mean, I think you specifically said um, if I became a wheelchair user, wasn't didn't you for the? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've given this some thought, and it's still something I find challenging to answer and articulate um, because without being in your circumstances or those circumstances, yeah, I don't think there's any way really to fully relate to that and how. Have- no, totally not. But I think I think it's a it's a fun well, one. No. So it's an interesting
0: thought experiment because it makes, of course, it makes people go exactly what you did. Like, oh, I don't know how to. Like, I love how you said it was challenging, and I would love to kind of dig into like when you were thinking about it. Why? Why was it a question that challenged you?
1: Well, I um, pre-adult media. Um, I actually grew up from an incredibly young age, um, training as a professional dancer. Um, So training in ballet, working in theatre. So from like the age of six or seven years old, I was kind of professionally training. Um, So my days have always been exceptionally physical, um, far more so than the average person. Um, And since pulling away from dance and I kind of retired in my mid 20s, uh dancers careers tend to be pretty short so I was about um 27 I think when I decided I wanted to move on to something else um so I've totally lost my train of thought then <laughs> you're going
0: you're moving on to something else and you and you're a dancer you were a dancer and you want yeah, so to yes so else.
1: And ever, since then I've always kind of continued to be incredibly um physical just with um, until this is the first with current lockdown measures in the uk um being able to train has been incredibly challenging but until that point i don't think i'd maybe gone for more than a few days without training i'd train like train in the gym or train in some way um probably at least five times a week and that's my lifestyle has always been incredibly physical so it'd be such a it would be such an extreme um and traumatic um, change for me yeah. because I identify, um, as someone who, who just really enjoys their physicality, um, and doing, being an adult performer and a sex worker, um, I constantly use my body, um, con- I, I just constantly use my body and my physicality, so I'm, I, I'm not sure how I would adapt and adjust my kind of business model that I currently have. Um,
0: yeah. I mean, I think you could adapt it. I think it yeah. would take, I think it would take, and we'll get to it in a minute. Cause you've seen that. Yeah, absolutely. Is, you've yeah. Seen that like disabled part is possible. So you definitely could change it, but I, absolutely. but I, I, I'm going to touch on the word. I think it's important that you said the word traumatic. And I think it's important that like, Um, you know that just shows how and I think rightfully so if you if you go from having all the abilities and all all the physicality to having way less of course that's traumatic but I think it's interesting the language that you use there because that also speaks to and no shade at all I'm just pointing out the fact that like it's interesting that a lot of people when I ask that question they say something Mm -hmm. very similar of like oh wow it would be like it would be so scary like I'd be so it shows how like we as a society are not we're not necessarily at a place yet where we're comfortable considering ourselves as being disabled mm-hmm. and I, I think that's interesting because as as you know as athletic as you are right now and as as um physical as you are right now when disability becomes a part of your life like that might change and so I just I think that part of my question, like, what do you think would happen if you became a wheelchair user tomorrow? is also like, what do you think will happen in 20, 30 years when disability is going to become a part of your life anyway?
1: Oh, absolutely. And it's oddly one of the reasons I decided to stop working as a professional dancer was I had friends not that much older than me, who was still maybe seven to 10 years older, who was still working as dancers, but they were beginning to have very, very significant um, issues with their bodies that were as later in life was gonna become very, very long-term um, problems. Uh, I mean, a very dear friend of mine was a principal at the Royal Ballet and she she had had three hip replacements. Wow. Um, it kind of, Dance can completely obliterate your body because you're you're pushing it to such an extreme level, um, and it was it kind of was part of my consciousness when I was thinking. I still I don't want to force my body to keep doing this if it's going to be detrimental in the long term. Um, yeah. And then having friends with disabilities, both younger friends, um, younger friends and friends who are much older, um, I, I'm very um, aware that um, I won't continue to have this level of mobility um, and strength for the, rest of, for the rest of my life
0: and is there any part of that like I think, I think like we were saying earlier a lot of people are afraid of that reality is there any part of you that's like scared of losing that
1: I think it's more I think if you can get to a point where you accept it and you uh, make the most of what you have at this moment yeah. um and just realize that that certain things within your life will change as you get older um or just with time in general um and be happy for what you have now and what you have had um and try and evolve with it
0: yeah i think you know as somebody because i i have been disabled since birth yes. but i've lost a lot of function and, and my functionalities have changed as i've gotten older and as things okay. have shifted I've lost the ability. the the audience will be rolling their eyes because they've heard me say this a thousand times but I've lost the ability (laughs) to go pee and I've lost the ability to like self-pleasure and I've lost all those things and so um you know I even though I've lived with a disability my whole life having those things slowly be taken away or shift or change it's so much harder to reach a place of like acceptance
1: mm-hmm. absolutely
0: it's such a the idea of and you're right I think we all have to get there but the journey to get to like this will be all right is so is so much longer than I think we're we're ready for
1: yeah absolutely um I think the problem is if you don't obviously it's a process um but otherwise you can just end up very angry I suppose can't you yeah if you just gradually evolve with with your circumstances
0: yeah um was there any part of when you thought about you know becoming a wheelchair user and we talked a second ago about how inaccessible London is um Mm, is there any is there any part of that that was like oh I couldn't get around I couldn't do like xyz I couldn't
1: yeah I mean um (laughs) until recently I I lived in like a in an apartment without an elevator a few floors up. So even just day to day getting getting to the shops around the corner would as a wheelchair use would have been impossible. Yeah. Um, and it is a city of predominantly older buildings without elevators, without wheelchair access.
0: And when they put in wheelchair access in London, like when they put it in there, they do it very begrudgingly, it seems like they're like, Oh yeah, we did it, but it was totally an afterthought and we're
1: like <laughs> Often it has been retrofitted And yeah, I suppose quite begrudgingly Or as if just to tick a box Rather than actually um, Considering um, People's needs
0: Yeah, entirely um, I also wanted to ask you So we talked kind of how athletic your porn is And I've, I've mm-hmm. done I've done my research Which is code for I've, <laughs> watched, I've watched you fuck a lot of people In the last, in the last day and a half uh, So, you know, in seeing what you do In your in your porn work, I mean, it's really, it's really steamy. It's really, it's really athletic. Like a lot of stuff you do is yeah. super athletic. And I was watching that kind of yesterday being like, Oh, I couldn't do, like, there's no way I could do that. Like half of those positions are completely in, I mean, they're hot, but they're completely inaccessible to somebody like me. Um will um,
1: you in on a little secret. A lot of them are thoroughly uncomfortable. <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> I've heard this
0: from a lot of a lot of game mail partners have said the exact same thing like they we hate it but it's what people want so we do it <laughs> yeah.
1: i mean more so in the studio stuff like there were times when i'm like oh my god how can i keep my dick hard i'm in so much discomfort right now i got
0: <laughs> well that makes me feel less bad that makes me feel like oh great i mean i mean i think you know i think just looking at those positions like it if you were a wheelchair user how do you think, like, obviously we, we talked a second ago about how you'd have to change your business model, but how do you think you'd have to change, like, the way you're positioning, the way, you're, the
1: way you present and market your own porn? Because I'm assuming um, as a wheelchair user, you, you become more reliant on, uh, if you have an able-bodied partner, um, to help facilitate sex. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that would clearly have to be quite a part of the evolution um, and I like to, um, where I have so much experience over the years in the industry with with the only fans, I tr- like to take the lead with, kind of, um, with directing and putting. I just find it easier to like just put guys in a position and be like, just just go there, okay.
0: Do it this way, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there there is there is kind of a there is a way you could if you were a wheelchair user, you could still be very dominant you could still be very like i can't do it but i can like forcefully tell you
1: to do this oh absolutely it's not even a i'm not even saying in a dominance way it's more of a um i'll just move myself and the my partners around just just to get the right shot yeah yeah and i try and make um my only fans just for fans um as organic and real as possible because i think that's a lot of the i think that's the point of it and i think that's why people like it we're yeah away from this very superficial um over polished studio kind of work um that gives people a very unrealistic idea of sex and i mean
0: i think also if you were a wheelchair user or if you Experience disability that realness would also lend itself to absolutely yes the was, just for fans only fans yes. because like I want to see the hot disabled guy get railed too so absolutely like I I but do you think do you think that it would change the way you did obviously it would change do you think it would change the way you did your porn
1: I it would definitely have to evolve um and it would. It would be challenging, but I I definitely think it would be a viable, viable possibility. And um, I think it's really important that there's um, representation of disability within the adult media. Um, I think that's incredibly important because it fights against this society's stereotype of of disabled people being non-sexual.
0: Um, and before we, move, before we move on to that, because that's exactly where I'm going next, because okay. <laughs> before I get to that, you, I mean, you've worked with some of the hottest UK dudes in the industry because I've watched your stuff and done a ton of research, <laughs> research on you and you've basically fucked every British guy that I want to fuck. So I'm jealous. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can tell. All of them that I say hello uh, and <laughs> I'm available for shooting whenever the borders open up. People can fly <laughs> we
1: we're allowed to travel again. <laughs>
0: um, so do you think though that your partners that you've worked with, let's say you became a wheelchair user tomorrow or experienced disability of some sort tomorrow, do you think they would be ready and willing to work with you? Because a lot of the issues with not even in porn, just trying to have sex as a queer disabled person you you brush up against so much ableism within our community, and so much like issues of you know in the kind of porn that you're in and the kind of porn that you produce. It's it's very and again no shade here at all, but it's very like
1: mask for mask and broy. So yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, part of the reason for that. I'm I'm going to be really honest: is marketability. Yeah, more than I am. It's by making my product as. Commercial as possible, it will maximize my sales. I, I, yeah. I don't mean to; it's just me being matter of fact. No,
0: no, of course I've got it. it makes com- it makes complete realistic. sense from a from a I have to feed myself standpoint. Yeah. Like this is what people want. Um, but I think you know if I'm, I'm wondering in your experience with like Billy Essex and like some of the other people that you've worked with, do you think, and not him specifically, just like yeah. the. Other men in the industry, do you think they would be open to having you if you were if you had a disability?
1: Um, I think there w- it would definitely come up against resistance. Um, I would hope that there would be a good number of people who would be open to the idea. Um, it's obviously take it; it would become more of a niche um, from more of a niche market. Um, yeah. I think there's definitely people. Um, other performers out there um, who would um, who would understand the value of it.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think that, I mean, that's kind of why I wanted to pose all these questions too, because I think getting us like, unpack the fact that in our community, there's so much discrimination against any kind of difference,
1: and I mean, you're and privileged. I, mean, I personally do think, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I personally do think Actually, people with disabilities probably are among the most discriminated against that I I've witnessed.
0: I mean, I think I think they're one of the most discriminated against for sure because not only are there visible disabilities like mine, where you're a wheelchair user, but there are people who also have invisible disabilities um, that we can see. And then when you bring it up, especially in a sexual or queer male context, you brush up against like, oh, what do you mean you? There's a problem, and well, there's a if there's, a, if there's a problem or a disability that I can't spend time with you and it's like well that's not what I'm saying I'm just trying to tell you that I have a disability so I mean I think it's one that in our community is a hugely understood like we talk a lot about racism in the queer community we don't talk a lot about ableism which I think yes. is unfortunate so that's part of, that's part of why I'm so grateful that you wanted to like come and oh. chat about this stuff because you have such a like you said marketability and you're very well known in our Community. At least I think you are, because I've been creating. I've been creating you for a while. So (laughs) you know, I I think you're. You know, you're very well known, and having you bring up this stuff, maybe make we'll make some other queer men that follow you and look at you, and
1: hopefully raise awareness and educate myself as well. Yeah, I think. I mean, that's the most important thing. Is if you could, I'm all. I try to be as open minded all the time as I possibly can be, and just allow myself to be educated. I think um, there's always been this kind of hyper-masculine ideals within the gay community and this kind of really extreme ideals of the muscular body, which, whether, whether that comes from kind of 80s, um, the, the the gay community's battle with um, HIV and AIDS and wanting this kind of extreme idea of healthy in Yeah, behavior. yeah. Uh, so, of course, uh, a community that um almost overvalues um physical attributes yeah um it kind of makes it's not okay by any means but it then makes makes more sense that um there can be um a lot more struggles for people with disabilities within our community
0: yeah, totally. And I think, you know, one of the things I think about you were talking about HIV and AIDS and that whole epidemic, which is only 40 years old at this point. Um, but I'm, I, I think part of the the reason why we have so much ableism in the queer community is because the, the men from the 80s that were watching their friends die, were watching their friends die and get sick. And they were seeing that and going, I don't know how to deal with that. It's traumatizing me. So now when they see somebody in a wheelchair whether they realize it or not, their brain goes to, you must be sick, you must be ill. And from everything I know from history, I shouldn't approach you because I'm scared.
1: Yeah, I mean, I as I'm in my thirties, and I think, um, so I just um, missed, I, growing up in the kind of nineties, in the UK, I was um obviously very aware of HIV and AIDS and almost had almost weirdly accepted being someone who was quite sexually active from a young age that there was a strong possibility I might die of AIDS at some point. Um, because it still happened then. Um yeah. but I think um it's important for us to uh, there's no way I can relate to what that generation of gay men went through.
0: Yeah, me neither. There's no like I can empathize in that I know what illness is and I know what disability looks like and I know the stigma around that, but in no way am I saying like, oh yeah, it's totally the same and I, I 100% get it because of course I don't. But but I think there's definitely a discussion to be had around the history of HIV and, AIDS and like how that.
1: it is. That had never occurred to me, but, but it makes perfect sense.
0: Awesome. And so I want to shift to a fun part because as part of the prep for this interview, And discuss, we talked a second ago about, uh, you know, representation in porn. Mm. And so I sent you the porn that I did.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I would love to know your thoughts on what I sent you.
1: Uh, No, I, one of the things I, with Himeros, that I love is Davy Wave's inclusive policy. within all his products and he tries to pull it's actually the only studio I still do work for um I've kind of pulled away from any other studio just because um I have a very um different almost emotional experience when I'm on set for Davey and it's it's led from almost a holistic standpoint um yeah and I I know you've shot you shot with Davey and I also know that, um, he's also had other, um, disabled individuals in, um, in his content. Hasn't he?
0: Yeah, I he's did actually black. with the other guy that he did it with, that he did a, a video with. I was the, his main consultant on that video too. So I've oh amazing. I've really, yeah, I really helped him, uh, him understand that brand. And so like when you reached out the other day and said, oh, Davey and I are talking, we should reconnect. I was like, it's really cool that like he, the stuff he's trying to do, he's using his privilege to like try to make a change and
1: just to, to
0: try to change an industry that he knows is toxic and he knows that he benefits from. And he's like, well, fuck it. I got to do, I got to do something. Let me try this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we're very lucky with Davey where um, he is coming from a place of privilege, but, but he's worked very hard to get there. Um, yeah and um he's then take, taken this his his position to try and encourage gay men or um gay bisexual the the queer community um to start having a much healthier um and inclusive relationship with sex yeah um and i we've discussed before I have had actually um, as a sex worker quite a lot of um experiences with um sexual experiences with people with disability um okay. and I knew you were in a wheelchair and it wasn't until I watched um the video that I could fully sorry not fully understood but got a better understanding of um your abilities um physically when it comes to sex and it's to me it was very one it was a very hot video um the um and the two of you clearly have a connection which is yeah exactly. we've done i mean john is my primary sex worker so
0: like we that there was it was really easy to slip into that role with him um and i really, think that really...
1: what always makes a really good scene is chemistry because yeah the like you... camera you could tell right away that we had we knew each other and it was like immediately comfortable. Well, immediately everyone sticks hard. Everyone's clearly into it. Like it's, <laughs> there's chemistry, it's going.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, so when
0: you watch that video, like you've said, you know, it gave you a better understanding of, of my disability and ability. Like what, can you kind of elaborate on that for me? Like what, did, what, did, did, what were there moments where you're like, oh, I didn't realize that would happen?
1: Not that, so... Um, not that. Oh, I didn't realize it. It just gave me a much better understanding in general. It wasn't necessarily surprise. It was just because I'm assuming you don't. Uh, you kind of don't have use of your legs at all. No, I can feel them. I just they're not. They're not good for walking. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, it was um It was a very hot scene and um I hope it allows people to start breaking down that um that boundary we have of um not seeing people with disabilities as sexual.
0: Yeah I mean I'm I'm always really proud of it because like I remember getting comments after that came out of people from all over the world on on the Himuro site saying like oh my god I've never seen this before like it got me excited like it's, it's, it's really important to see that from as from, for you as a producer, like, of porn, when you saw that, was there technical stuff that you were like, oh, like the lift and the wheelchair, like that kind of stuff, did you, any of the stuff that you saw there give you pause on how you could create porn more inclusively? I
1: it quite that much, if I'm entirely honest. Um, but I, I mean, I'm totally open to, um, to creating my, more diversity and just making my 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 content as interesting as possible, if anything.
0: I You know, and I, and I watched some of your stuff the other day and I was just thinking, like, hmm, I wonder how, like, you know, there's a scene up on your fan sites right now where you have this hot threesome and I'm looking at that going, well, those positions don't work, but, so like, I'd love to, <laughs> I'd love to, like, at some point, you know, what we should do, we should do another episode where, like, we watch your porn together, and be like, "Well, let's talk about how this position doesn't go." <laughs> um, but I, I think also like, if ever you want a hot disabled scene partner, let me know, and we can Absolutely. totally. Uh, it, it could be a lot of fun. But I think you know, I think to hear that another porn star watched that and was like, "Yeah, it was hot. It's it's exciting." Yeah. I think is important because it it um, solidifies that like yeah, a disabled person got me hired and got me excited. And this mm-hmm. is, it's important that
1: people know that. So thanks. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm, I'm you can probably tell that I'm definitely not as, um, where I don't have such a far-reaching um, influence as, as Davy. I'm definitely not so brave with my product. Um, and I do, uh, um, I do, it tends to, as what I said earlier, I've always kind of targeted it as being as marketable and commercial as possible. Yeah. Um, So it it definitely gives me pause for thought. Well, I think with your hot British
0: accent and my huge dick, we (laughs) can probably make something super great. (laughs) Um, But I think, you know, I think part part of the great thing about you running your own kind of studio right now, really, is that you could find a way and if ever you need a way to make your porn more marketable to the disabled audience like let me know and I'm happy to yeah because that's, that's part of what I did with Davey AB is I sat like when we had our first session our first like chat he phoned me up and we chatted for an hour about like how do I make this scene really really hot and mm. how do I make sure this wheelchair user is okay in the scene and what do I have to do like so there are ways to to make it really hot and still accessible so I think like if ever if ever you do a scene with somebody who identifies as a disability as having a disability also the first person you do it with should be me um <laughs> so just uh, just just mark that on your, mark, just save that save that in there somewhere uh, well, but I think like I think I'd love to to find a way to help you and to make it more accessible thank you yeah um we talked a little bit earlier about your experience being a sex worker and working with disabled clients as comfy as you are can you chat a bit about that with me and about like what those some of those without giving
1: too many details away yeah of course what are some of those experiences like yeah i so i've been a sex worker for over a decade and from my um early days i from my very earliest, earliest days, I ended, um, I had clients with various disabilities, whether um, that was um, because of their age or other circumstances. And um, it's, I very quickly realized like that broke down that idea that people have of um, people with disabilities being Non-sexual, and and it became very apparent very quickly that clearly the majority of people have sexual desires. We all do, um, and it took some time to kind of get used to the concept. But it, I've always been able to kind of um, enjoy sexual interaction with um, people with disabilities, and just try to do my best to help facilitate those experiences. Because that's that I think that's something you quickly learn is. Um, if you're abled bodied in that context um, I just try to um, do my best to facilitate the situation as effectively as I can so
0: did that like in some instances because I know like you saw in the video with John like that involved me getting out of my being getting out of my wheelchair having help getting undressed have you done like those kind of things yeah absolutely absolutely Nice. Um, and so when you would like, because I know with a lot of sex workers who've never worked with a disabled client before, there have been some nerves and there's been some like discomfort. Uh, and I know with John and I, when we first started working together, we had a lot of conversations about, you know, what needed to be done and what, what, what he and I he both may have been uncomfortable with or comfortable with. Did, have you any, have you had any um conversations like that with any clients coming in or like how how is it like how do they I guess what I'm asking is how do they say hey I'm a disabled client
1: I want to work, work with you um on the whole um the it was it was kind of communication via text beforehand just being just vocalizing it thoroughly to um, understand expectations and that always helped for me to to realize what what was needed in the situation and what to expect and what was going to be expected of me um, um so that very much had those conversations um and they're very um helpful I, and also uh, like a number of um people that i have met was through references as well from from
0: authors oh nice that's awesome so they would say like oh i worked with this guy yeah. he's really cool I'll go suck yeah. His dick sometime." yeah pretty much <laughs> i feel kind of i was in london in 2019 i should have hired you. <laughs> i should have been like hey we should i totally should have next time God, <laughs> next so close time. <laughs> uh, um but you know on a complete side note Thank you for wearing the, the tank top right now. I feel like you, <laughs> it's my favorite. It's got He-Man on it. Amazing. I feel like you like knew that we were gonna have a sexy conversation. So he's like, I'm gonna wear it. <laughs> and I have to say, I've been I've been glancing at your arms over the last hour, being like, I <laughs> really wish that we were closer. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Thank you. I've been in, I've had been it's been 14 months since I've been able to have sex. So thank you for that little glimpse of like
1: Oh, that made me realize I like COVID.
0: it yeah it's it's really really hard
1: can I um, ask is, is your disability making you more um vulnerable to covid
0: yeah it is so okay. so you have to be so safe at the moment. I have to be super safe and like the the guy you saw me with in the video John like we talk all the time but I can't invite him over and say let's have a session because it just doesn't feel I don't want to put him at risk and he doesn't want to put me at risk. So we're both kind of like, okay, we'll just wait until it blows over. But like, that could be a year from now. That could be, so.
1: Because you're, right, you're in Toronto, right? Yeah. How's the, things like the vaccination program going there? Uh, that's the, well, I've heard that maybe
0: I might get it by the end of March. Oh, fantastic. This could mean, still mean that like, he might have to wait a while and like my key, the workers that I work with might have. To, so it's still something that's like, we're not sure. No one's Absolutely. really sure yet. So it's really, it's an uncomfortable, like, mm, we could try, but then one of, one of us gets COVID and then one of like, so it just feels like, so thank God for your porn is what I'm saying. Cause, <laughs> cause, cause I can't even tell you your porn. And I don't follow a lot of porn stars cause, cause I don't have a ton of dollars, so I only follow my period. So I must say, when I open up my my sites and I see you there, I'm like, oh, good, I can at least, like, I can't jerk off because yay disability, but I can watch you and get hard. So oh. thank you for
1: that. <laughs> you're so very welcome. I'm so happy to hear that. Know that you're helping a hot disabled guy through <laughs> COVID. <laughs> well, I I've, I've felt very um, touched. I've had a lot of messages over this kind of past year's period. Um, kind of just saying how actually weirdly my OnlyFans has helped people kind of get through quarantine and whatever the circumstances are um which is something i never <laughs> anticipated.
0: I mean to be honest it it like it really has and I, I i signed up the other day like officially but i've been like like i said we've been creeping each other on the yeah. social media for a while so every time i see a post from you i'm like oh he's so good he's such a nice dude so like i feel like watching you get to fuck other nice dudes feels <laughs> really nice oh that's so wonderful um so part of what we talked about also we talked about in our pre-interview when i was totally staring at your arms before too uh we talked about um you having you living with dyslexia and i know that it doesn't necessarily affect the physical stuff you do but can you talk a little bit more about how it affects you
1: in other ways Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, we all make choices, career choices based on um, your um, abilities or that's the way you might sensibly make career choices. So something in adult media um, that requires minimal um, reading and writing probably kind of appealed to me. Um, So, yeah, ever since I was a child, I had some some level of learning difficulty based around dyslexia, Um, it does it's never really um, involved um, numerical skills that I'm actually very good with, Uh, but it, it, spelling and reading, it definitely affects, and actually I'll random, every now and again, it's not very often, but like often my tweets will have punctuation, spelling mistakes, whatever, or grammar issues in, and then sometimes you'll get some shady queen um, like trying to correct my grammar, (laughs) Or spelling, oh, no. or getting, and it's like, really? Like, is there really any need? I'm like, I'm a porn star for a reason. <laughs> yeah, and we're on
0: Twitter. Like, does it really matter if I didn't <laughs> spell that word exactly right? Like, go on. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: exactly that. so, um, and when I was younger, um, doing academic studies, made, it, it made it a lot more challenging. Um, a lot more challenging. And I, had a one, I have a wonderful mother um, who was trying to just, was as supportive as she possibly can, could be, but it's in a, it was um, in a period when things like dyslexia weren't really acknowledged. Yep. Um, while they were medically recognized, um, society didn't really actually...
0: Know what to do with it.
1: Well, not even believe it was real.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. Te- that tends to be how a lot of invisible disabilities are, and you know, like I think that's why, because I think so many, um, and because I've talked to John Thomas, I've talked to, mm. and we talked about his dyspraxia and his dyslexia. So I think it's really important. Like I was saying to him, and I'll say the same suggestion to you: it might be really kind of in, kind of cool if you, if in your like, and do whatever you want. But the suggestion is. If you put in your social media profiles, like, hey, I'm a, I'm a porn star with invisible disabilities, like that could, or like, you know, dyslexia, that could be really mm. powerful in saying like, hey, we're out there, because I'm sure some of our like favorite guys that we watch dig down every week on a site might have.
1: I think a large proportion of, um, I think it would be a shockingly high percentage of people in the adult, in adult media
0: yeah.
1: um, have probably probably still do or have had learning disabilities.
0: Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. And I just think because you have such a high profile and because you're like so well-known in in our community, you saying, and again, do whatever you feel is comfy for you, but putting that out there could be really cool.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, weirdly, this is the first time I've talked about it, not not through any shame or anything like that, um, because it's just it's just a facet of me. It doesn't, it's not, shame in any way but I've just never kind of talked about it publicly in
0: the past well that's cool I'm glad that I can uh, (laughs) open that door for you yay Um, see your hot porn star guy that you watch dig down people in in the UK has a learning disability yay good for that Um, see friends don't be ableist because the hot guy that you watch fuck has a disability also I appreciate that you keep lifting your arm it's giving me super (laughs) good vibes thank you for doing the
1: like the like gay pose that we're all used to. <laughs> yeah, I've got a little bit of sweat going on as well. <laughs>
0: I, I appreciate that as a, as, a, as a gay man who likes armpits and has a an arm, weird armpit fetish. I'm there for that. Thank you.
1: <laughs> oh, I, uh, I like I like natural sweat smells. like Not stale sweat smells, but natural like...
0: Yeah. And so again, why didn't I hire you when I was in London? <laughs> why didn't I do that? Why, why, why? <laughs> um, I wanna shift gears back to sex work for a minute because I think it's important that we hear from you. If you were to give advice to other sex workers who wanna work with disabled clients and who are like curious about getting
1: into that market, what advice would you give for them? Well, I think we touched on this briefly in the pre-interview. And I know actually through certain um, foundations in the UK that it has been discussed, but I think it's something people are always a bit uh, afraid of, but I think it would be valuable if there was some form of kind of curated list of pre-approved sex workers, Um, particularly if someone with a disability is particularly vulnerable. um, Yeah. You're in, you're most likely going to be in a one-on-one situation with them, um and not all sex workers are um the most forthcoming and
0: mm, and safe
1: yes yeah i'm trying not to make yeah. terms about my own community
0: <laughs> no i'll do it because i've also done sex work so i'll, I'll just put it <laughs> out there some sex workers are trash
1: yeah pretty much like pretty much and will intentionally prey on people who are vulnerable
0: I have been robbed. I have had money taken from me. I have, you know, I had people say they would show up for a session when they didn't after I prepaid because I trusted like, and that's on me. Like, I should have been like, no, no, I'll give you the money after you're, like, once you're here. But I'm very trusting. And if somebody says, you know, I got you. I'm going to do this for you. I'm the first person to be like, okay, cool. You're not going to. Why would you do that? Okay, great. So, like, I don't think that they're going to do anything. And then when they do, it's like, oh, I should have been
1: Yes, and I think therefore that kind of illustrates how useful it might be for there to be um, for kind of a responsible body, um, a charity or something along that to have a system to pre-approve sex workers
0: uh, yeah,
1: I, to to prevent um, people with disabilities from being vulnerable from being taken advantage of.
0: Yeah, I think that's, I think actually, I mean, uh, if you want to start that, like, <laughs> let me know. And I, I could definitely be an advocate for that because I think that's a great idea, actually. And I think there's, like, I can think of specifically three instances where I put myself in a vulnerable situation with somebody that I put trust in because I thought they were a sex worker. And I thought, like, well, they were a sex worker, but I thought they were one of the better ones. And I looking back on that, I go, you were so silly. Why did you... Mm-hmm just because they're hot doesn't mean they're good yes absolutely <laughs> like just because they get your dick hard
1: doesn't necessarily mean they're great brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and often um people i've met i've kind of referred other sex workers onto them just so they know that there's like if they wanted to expand their experiences that, that there was someone else they could do it safely with
0: yeah I also love how you're subconsciously lifting your arm now because you know I'm into it and I'm watching you do it. And I'm like, yeah, he's doing it because he knows I like it. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was completely subconscious. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Um, and so if if a disabled client wanted to, ha- to work with you, how would how would you um... this interview just got super hot and i I lost my train of thought? How would <laughs> how would <laughs> If you were to, to if, if a disabled client came to you and said, I wanna work with you, what advice would you give to them when booking
1: a, a, a sex worker? I, I just think um, to be as forthcoming with information regarding expectations and details about their disability, um, just to so I would know or whoever else would have a really good grasp and understanding of what to expect so you can then facilitate a really um enjoyable experience awesome
0: um uh did this i don't want to i mean because i feel like i'm gonna have 10 more questions after i'm done because i always do and the, <laughs> minute of, the minute i hang up i'm like oh i should have asked this so um do you think you'd ever do a scene with me
1: yeah absolutely <laughs>
0: we should definitely talk about that sometime because it'd be fun. Yeah. Um, and I also wanna, because I think part of combating ableism is so is like getting, giving you a space to feel safe and ask questions. Did this interview today give you any questions? Give me anything about disability you didn't know before that you're curious about? Anything
1: that I can talk you through? No, I, I think chatting to you over the few times we have And fortunately, having the experiences I've had over the past decade, you grasp of um, realities of living with a disability. Um, But I am always wanting to be as educated as I can on this subject.
0: Um, Is there anything from this interview that you'll take away now that you'll be like oh I didn't know this about disability but now I do <laughs>
1: well um more more details about you that I now know <laughs> more more from prior pri- footage I, I saw before the interview <laughs> I mean
0: well you know that I have a giant joystick is what you know.
1: exactly that
0: <laughs> and that I'm very good at it, with it. <laughs> and also now you know the next thing you make a porn you can just a lot of armpit stuff because you know i'll be watching so good
1: yeah you know what that's something i've had a few requests about recently and it's something i like but have been neglecting to include i need hey listen if you want if you want if you need a private customer and you want
0: to make a private video for somebody let me know because i know exactly what i'll (laughs) I'll ask you for
1: (laughs) i've got one posting on thursday anyway so tomorrow right yeah i have one tomorrow that has lots of armpits so amazing i'll be sure to i'll be sure
0: to tune in um, this is such a fun chat and I love sitting down with you and you're like, I really appreciate also that like your porn persona is not entirely who I'm talking to right now. So that's, that's,
1: yeah, that's awesome. There's a lot of me and Gabriel Cross, I suppose.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I, I really appreciate that you like, cause you know, when I first was, <laughs> you keep lifting up your arm it's hilarious. When I first, <laughs> uh, when I first, you know, was looking at your stuff, I was like, oh, he's, he's a white hot muscle gay there's no like there's no way we're gonna i would never be able to like get in his sphere and then talking with you i was like oh he's really like cool and really like you know open to this and it's really nice to like see those stereotypes we put up about gay men kind of fade away when you actually like sit and talk to them for a second so i appreciate that
1: yeah no thank you very much i um there's certain reasons for stereotypes of sex workers and adult performers but uh, I'd also quite like to break some of those down yeah
0: I mean you you definitely have like I feel I get I get a sense like we could actually like hang out like if if I ever come to London or you come to Toronto we should just grab a coffee before I second yeah
1: absolutely (laughs) (laughs) absolutely that sounds great
0: um this is so so fun how can the people that are listening if they want to follow you and support you how can they do that
1: so um my socials i have twitter which is gabriel cross triple x or instagram which is the gabriel cross um and then um my my main fan site is OnlyFans, which is just um onlyfans.com slash gabriel cross
0: awesome and i will make sure that that is in our show notes maybe i'll hide the always oh, very
1: fans. much appreciated i'll
0: hide the OnlyFans one maybe I'll, I'll figure out a way to make it like cool so that the thing doesn't flag
1: it because they like to do that sometimes yep they they do love to flag any of those (laughs) (laughs) i I, i've got to the point where i don't even ever type that in on twitter it's only watermarked in videos or pictures
0: yeah because it's like no because like they're gonna there goes your revenue stream right there
1: yeah the social media the twitter and instagram's aggressive censorship of um of sex workers is something I get very wound up on. Oh, I have, I have many feelings about
0: it. Cause I also, you know, I run a, I run a sex toy company for disabled people.
1: Oh, I and didn't know this.
0: Yeah, I'm running oh, a,
1: interesting.
0: I'm running a sex toy company with my sister called Handy and we're trying to put out stuff around to get our toy made. And we're talking about sex and disability and the number of hoops we've had to jump to try to fight the social media centers about how you talk about sex. It's like, oh, wow. How are we supposed to do any of this?
1: Yeah, and then you'll end up getting censored without even realizing it. And shadow band—that's the other one.
0: Yeah, which is super fun. And you're just thinking, I wonder why my numbers are aggressively dropping. I don't know. We can see me. Great, awesome. <laughs> oh, the joys. Um, <laughs> do you have any final Gabriel Cross things you want to say before
1: you uh, before we're done here today? No, just how what a great evening I've had chatting to you.
0: Yeah, it was such a fun. It was such a fun time, and really, it was one of my favorite interviews to do and i was so nervous because i was like oh my god he's so hot What do I say <laughs> for so i have to tell you before we started recording for the last hour i was like oh my god i'm so nervous oh my god
1: <laughs> so because you seem so confident i am like spoke before
0: i am so not i'm <laughs> like the shyest most awkward i mean yeah you, i'm
1: not sure i believe that
0: <laughs> i mean you saw me dick somebody down so you know that i can do that yeah. but like yeah. even in even in the video you watched, i'm i'm a shy flower of like I don't, that whole video, my, my scene partner had to be like, stop laughing. We have to, it has to be,
1: <laughs> stop oh, giggling. Oh God, it, you giggle, you're one of those. Uh... I'm a giggle. <laughs> like, I can't,
0: like, if we ever do a scene together, you'll see, you'll be like, Andrew, we have, this has to be serious. You can't laugh right now because, <laughs> because, um, but this was such a fun interview. And, and, um, now I have a giant other crush on you for a whole other bunch of reasons. But, um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on Disability After Dark today. And you and I will chat soon. We will. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Le Swoon. That was one of the sexiest interviews I've ever had. I really loved that Gabriel talked about his experience with dyslexia. And, you know, that's part of the reason why he decided to go into a different medium than something more mathematic, something more intellectual because of his disabilities. I also... As I said in the interview, I love that he is somebody with a with a disability like that and a learning disability because it shows that even the hottest people who you think might not be experiencing disability and have all of this privilege also live with disabilities they don't talk about. So I love that aspect of it. He was really, really fun to chat to, super sweet, um, totally open to discussing ableism and all those things. Um, and I really love sitting down with him. So, just want to do this quick outro to let you know that if you are a non-disabled person and you want to come on to a What Would Happen If You Became a Wheelchair User Tomorrow or an episode similar to that, I would love to have you. Also, if you want to come on a Palsy in the Pandemic episode where I talk to disabled people about their... Um, their experiences through the pandemic, you can apply for both by emailing us at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com, and we'd love to have you. And now you'll hear the regular outro, and um, thanks for listening. This is Daddy Drew Gerza. Talk to you next time. Bye! Alright, that was another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories, a part of the Wheels on the Ground Network. I am really, really happy you came to this one. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to www.drewgerza.com and you can follow me on all my socials at, at Drew Gerza. So Instagram and Twitter at Drew Gerza. You can also follow the podcast at Pod on Twitter. Remember, if you want to be a part of the show, you can email us at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Tell us a little bit about your story. Tell us a little bit about why you want to be on the show, and we'd love to have you. The show is, again, no longer just a sex and disability podcast. We want to talk to you about everything. So drop us a line. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. Remember, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com disabilityafterdark and pledge as little as $1 a month or as much as $5 a month or more to keep a bright light shining on these stories. I'm your host, Drew Gerza, your disabled daddy. Thank you so much for listening to this Wheels on the Ground production. And um, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye! Copyright notice. Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Drew Gerza and Wheels on the Ground Productions. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright 2020-2021.